735. This is Ira on Sports, True Oldies Channel. Time to bring in James Young. James, uh, thank you so much for joining us here on Ira on Sports. Ira, good to be on with you. Uh, we got a lot of college basketball to talk, my friend. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And I'm saying last night I was driving home from the players, and I listened to about 15 people break down the tournament, and you came on, and I was like, that was like Red Bull and Monster and everything. So you have some strong opinions, a lot of enthusiasm. I'm like, I have to get James on my show. So let's just get jump into it. Uh, the first thing is the omissions. Are you upset that Oklahoma State, Rutgers, UNC, Clemson, like, what's your opinion of whether, you know, about those teams? Like, who do you feel should have got in that didn't get in? Well, I think that my, my issue was probably more Rutgers than anybody because if you look at the win that they had at Purdue, uh, you look at the fact that they had that questionable loss against Ohio State that should not have been marked against them. I understand they had some tough losses down the stretch. They lost the buzzer at Minnesota. They had a 20-point blowout loss at home versus Nebraska, which is a Nebraska team that played better down the stretch. But if you just looked at their quality of play in the uh, – you know, in the Big Ten, you you kind of be like, oh yeah, this 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 team played really really well. So, to me, when you look at a team that got in like them, and then you look at a team like uh, let's say Nevada, you know, who got in like where 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 were their quad one wins? Like who 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 did they play? You know, I know I know sometimes you have to look at it and say, okay, well this team doesn't have the I guess the opportunity to play. Uh, other teams uh, outside their league. And I think that's also what may have hurt Rutgers. 341st, I do believe, Ira, in strength of schedule non-conference. I think Steve Peichel uh, learned his lesson with that. But to me, it was definitely, that was maybe the only omission that I was like, all right, that one with Rutgers, I don't understand. Clemson, they tailed off at the end. North Carolina, how they even were considered as one of the first four out is a, is a joke. They shouldn't have even been the second four, the third four, the fourth four out because they just were terrible all season. And you being down in ACC country, understand that. So I think that was the only omission that I thought was, was Rutgers. But everyone else, I, I, I was kind of okay with. So we're talking to James Young as Sports Grid's basketball analysis. But can I just say one thing? Clemson was 3-0 and versus NC State. 3-0. and Both teams were 23-10. and I think right. the question is, if they took another team over NC State, you know, Clemson, it's one thing. But the fact that NC State got in, I think that's what bothers the Tigers. Now, mm-hmm. if they ever did this in the college football playoff, you're going to get a lot more yelling and screaming. But I think that's what the, the Clemson Tigers are a little upset about, that we beat this team three times, and how does NC State get in over us? And I think that that's the point. And I think that that's the other one. I think when it came down to like Rutgers, I think in my heart, um, I actually think uh, it was uh, the play of Penn State that probably knocked them out of the tournament. But if you look at Clemson, their body of work, four and four in quad one, three and two in quad two, seven and two quad three. Nine and two and quad four, so that that's pre- that's pretty solid. And then you look at NC State, you know, as I as I pull up uh, their schedule, one and six in quad one. So yeah, th- th- that's the one that if you want to say ACC wise, Clemson over NC State, I got it. I thought Rutgers should have been in over both of them uh, because when you look at Rutgers during the season, uh, they had were four and seven in quad one, six and three in quad two. So if they had more quad one wins, and their quad two schedule was pretty good, six and three. 
The problem with Rutgers is two and four in quad three. That they had some bad losses, especially like I talked about uh, at Minnesota and home by I think fifteen to twenty versus Nebraska. Any seedings? I mean, I'm a Duke. I went to Duke Law, so my Duke friends are like, I can't believe Duke is a fifth seed. And I'm like, I don't care their fifth seed. I love their draw. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care about a seed. Just give me the teams that I like. I like who Duke's going to play. I like playing Oral Roberts. I like playing Tennessee. I don't care what seed they are. Like, I think it's fine. But I think people, is there any seeds that you think are wow? I can't believe this seeding. This is terrible. You know, you could maybe argue that Memphis should have been better than the eight seed. Let's be honest, folks. They lost by two when Shed hit that jumper with Marcus Sasser at Memphis. So you could argue that maybe Memphis should have been higher than an eight seed if you want to go there. I, I think Miami got just, you know, at the five seed. I mean, maybe they could have got to the four line. Texas A&M as a seven seed, uh, I thought, was a, was a little bit uh, shaky. Um, if you look at the one line, maybe you could argue that the second overall one seed should have went to Kansas over Houston uh, because of the body of work. Uh, I think, personally, Ira, I honestly think that Kansas was probably the overall one seed. They lost, and it was probably you know Houston, Alabama, and then Alabama jumped them. So I, I think Kansas should have been maybe the overall two seed. And if you look at the bracket that they're in, they're like in a bracket that's pretty crazy. Um, so maybe that will come back um, to haunt them a little bit. But besides that, you know, no really glaring things that really stuck out to me that bad. So last year we saw St. Peter's have that great run. This year, like, what do you look for in a team that says, we're going to not just win one game and pull the upset, but the multiple upsets? Like, what is the is it just going to be like an easy draw? Are the teams going to overlook them? Is it guard play? What are you looking for in saying, I like this team? Like, I think this is a team, I don't care what their seeding is, this is a team that can go far and pull a lot of upsets. Well, here's the thing when you get into the mid majors and you talk about teams that they usually, you know, let's be honest, Ira, when you talk about teams making runs in Cinderella stories, you're talking mid-majors. I mean, yeah, North Carolina was an eight seed and made it to the Final Four, but you're usually talking about double-digit seeds as these teams that make this crazy run. I think, as a coach, you have to have experience and you have to have guard play. I, I think guard play and the ability to have a guy that can make a shot um, can be one that can cause a lot of problems. So, right off the bat, when you talk about a team that can do that, okay, Penn State. I think Kent State's going to beat Indiana. I, I, I'm, Indiana, to me, has been a flaky team all year. It's all been based on the play of Hood Shafino at the point guard spot, high pick and roll, pull up Jay. When he's not hitting a shot like he did against Penn State in the Big Ten semis, they're in trouble because then you rely on Trace Jackson Davis. And Kent State's got some great, experienced senior guards. Now, another one you look, look at, I'm not saying that they're going to beat them. But if I were Duke, I'm concerned about Orlov or Roberts. Uh-oh. Because this, this kid, Max Acemas, if you don't know this guy, folks, go on YouTube, look this guy up. This guy did it last year as a 15 seed. He can score. He gets about 22 and a half points per game. He shoots 38% from three. He's the point guard, gives you over four assists. And then when you turn around and you foul him, he makes 92% of his free throws. So now that so he's got the ball in his hands. He's the smart decision maker. He's a senior. But he also has the ability to knock down shots and make free throws as well. So I think a kid like Max Acemas, if you want to talk about a Cinderella player or a Cinderella story, maybe in this, in this tournament, 
Maddox Aces could be that team, that kid, especially if they could beat Duke. Now, I think Duke, I like Duke's draw. I really like their draw because if they get by um, Oral Roberts, I'm not sold on Tennessee now that the point guard Ziegler is, is out for the year. I think that hurts them. I think Duke can make a serious run to the Elite Eight and maybe even make a Final, final Four if Filipowski can keep playing. You saw it even versus Miami. Double-double in four of his last five, 20-plus in three of his last four. If Filipowski plays the way he played in the ACC tournament, Duke is extremely dangerous. So we're down here in Florida. And I had uh, Dusty May, the coach of FAU, on the show last week. So excited. And they won the title. Conference USA, congratulations. So now they're a ninth seed against Memphis. What do you think about it? And then th- that 8-9 game is always the toughest thing. You play 8-9, and then you have to play the one seed after. So it's always difficult. Sometimes you want to either be like the 11 or 12 than the 8 or 9 because that gives you a better, easier second-round game to get to Sweet 16. Well, let, let's talk. Let's, let's, let's take a, a little bit of a talk here and talk about FAU and what a great job Dusty has done with this program and, and, and really done it the right way, like the slow build. You know what I'm saying? Where he didn't go to the transfer portal and all that stuff. Yeah, he got some transfers, but they got a lot of guys. Uh, John L. Davis is, is fantastic. 13.5 points per game, 5.5 rebounds, plays great defense, 50% shooter from the floor, 40% from three. Hello. Yeah, that guy can get a bucket, and he can score, and he can beat you off the bounce, and he's got that strong, stocky frame. You know what I'm saying, Iris? You can't kind of, like, knock him off the ball. You have Martin. I love the big man Golden inside. 10.6 points per game, 6.4 rebounds. But if you look at the scores, think about this, Ira. 13.5, 13.2, 10.6, 9.1, 8.9, 7.1. They're not top-heavy. So they can hit you in different ways. You want, and I think the thing I like about them is they play with pace and they have guys that can really get up and down the floor. I think this has been a really great team. And I'm going to say this, folks. And I'm not saying this because I'm coming on air. <laughs> the winner of this game between them and Memphis is taking out Purdue. Oh, my gosh. Come on. You watch. Because, because if, you, if, you, if you think about it, if you look at Florida Atlantic – and in uh, in, uh, Memphis, okay? So one thing you're going to know off the bat is this this game, hello, is going to be a track meet. I mean, this game is going to get up and down, up and down, and it's going to be a, a very exciting uh, game when you have these two teams. So I wouldn't be surprised if this game, ready, is being played and it's in the high 80s. Like, it could get to 90, these two teams. I think this game... It's going to get up and down when it comes to that. But then when you look at Purdue, they struggle with that style of play. Teams are pushed to face because they are they plot it up the floor, get the ball inside the Zach Eady. Well, even though Florida Atlantic is 152nd in, in an actual uh, pace, their offensive efficiency is really good. So they, they know how to make sure that they get high-quality shots. Memphis is 14th in the nation. So when you have a team like so you would like, say bet the over in the FAU Memphis game. Yeah, oh yeah, run, run run to the window now and take the over, Ira. I mean, absolutely. But when you get to the playing Purdue, the Purdue's guard play to me is suspect in regard to the fact of, of hitting outside shots. You know what I'm saying? They run their action whether they get the ball to Evie on a, on a pin down screen or a straight you know down screen seal open up 
catch, he turns jump hook. If you could push Zach Eady more than six, seven feet outside uh, the, the lane and make him shoot a seven, eight footer instead of a four, five uh, jump hook, he misses those a lot more than he makes. And then I don't know if they can deal with the guard pressure. I think both teams can turn up the pressure, Memphis and Florida Atlantic, because I think they have better guard play. And I always feel like when it comes to dominant bigs or dominant guards, dominant guards seem to mostly win in the tournament. And to go to a team, another team in South Florida that has great guard play is Miami. They're the fifth seed. They play uh, Drake and then then the winner of the IU-Kent State game. What do you think about the Hurricanes and Jim Laranega? Does he have another one of those crazy George Mason runs in him? Well, I think the thing that our people have to understand is, is, is I am very upset at the way that, that Jim Laranega, in, in my personal opinion, does not get the, the respect that he deserves nationally, okay? He took George Mason to the, to the Final Four. I mean, George Mason. And go look at the teams that he had to beat to go, to go win that, all right? And then you look at the fact that, you know, we talked about this earlier in the phone. Everybody knows this in South Florida. I, I'm from Jersey, but I'm a huge University of Miami football fan, okay? The U, when he got there, was football first, you know, second was uh, baseball Third was the location, fourth was academics, and fifth was basketball, right? You could argue that Larry Nagas turned that into a basketball school with the way they play. And to me, it's about, we've talked about it, right? Leadership, guard play. And give me, besides Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sasser, a better backcourt, experienced backcourt in the country than Nigel Peck and Isaiah Wong. And I, and I will fight anybody to the death when you, I talk you don't about have to how do that. good no, those two are. So that's good. Well, you're giving us encouragement down here in South Florida. <laughs> Before we get to the upsets, I'll tell you, you know the lines that get me all nervous, the, the line of the, mm-hmm. of the things, the eight, nine games. But it, it seems like we have the SEC Big Ten Challenge. You have Penn State versus Texas A&M, Iowa versus Auburn, Maryland now against the Big 12 school, uh, WVU, and Arkansas versus Illinois. I mean, this is like uh, the Citrus Bowl of, of the games. And it just seems like these are really hard. to. Uh, the teams are so close. Is there anything that stands out? Among these seven, ten, these games, the eight and nine games. Well, let's first off before we get to it. I think the, the key thing with Miami is Omir, the the, the North, North, North Carolina, I think is his last name, Omir, the, the center that's getting about thirteen point six nine point seven. They got out rebounded by twelve against Duke. They got a rebound well. They got a gang rebound the ball uh, really, really well. Anthony Walker who only gets about ten point three minutes per game. He's got to help rebound to offset what's going on, and the guards have to rebound a ton. So that's that's uh, the finish up with Miami. But when you talk about those eight nine games, Maryland, West Virginia, <laughs> buckle up, Kevin Willard and Huggy Bear. I mean, you want to talk about a rock? Fight. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a that's a rock fight to two of them, and and poor Alabama's gonna be left um, like taking the pickings off of whoever is left out of that. But when you go to the other matches, Iowa. Uh, Auburn, you know, Iowa's a team to me that plays well at home, doesn't travel well. Um, Auburn usually is not great on the road. They've been better. Bruce Pearl, I actually do uh, like Auburn uh, in that spot. Texas A&M, Penn State, to me, Texas A&M is a team I think could have argued for a six seed or even a five seed the way they played. I know they ran into Alabama, and Alabama's playing as well as anybody in the country. I do like them over Penn State because I'll be honest with you, Ira, 
I am not very, because I'm not Purdue, I'm just not very high on the Big Ten this season. So even when you go to uh, that 7-10 Northwestern Boise State, like I could see Boise State getting picked, uh, picking them up. And I could definitely see, and I have USC actually beating Michigan State in that 10-7 game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have my co- first cousin from uh, Indiana is here. Well, Indiana graduate. He's about to to punch me. I think about your picks. He's very nervous about this. But anyway, we're continue along <laughs> with this. Where 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 are the upsets? I mean, it seems like I, I could give you the stats. At least one top four seed has lost in the first round in thirteen of the fourteen past tournaments, thirty two to thirty seven overall. At least one number twelve seed has defeated a five seed in thirty two of thirty seven tournaments. The problem is, which one is it going to be? I mean, so give me who you think your upsets are going to be because I, I know Mike right here is taking notes very hard, writing this all down. So what do you where do you think those upsets are going to come from? From the twelve five, the thirteen four. Or even the fifteen two or sixteen one, if you think you're going to pick one. Okay, so you're, you're, you may want to duck. duck. The first one I like is I like Kent State to beat Indiana. Uh, I, I, I just I just love this Kent State backward. Think about this. Ready? Kent State lost three games. Okay, three games out of league. Do you know who the three games were? Tell me. <laughs> this will scare people. At Charleston. By two. At Houston, by five. At Gonzaga, by nine, I do believe. Seven. So, Charleston by two, Houston by five, and then by seven to Gonzaga, all on the road. And you're going to tell me that you think that they, they that Indiana's not shaking in their boots with as inconsistent of a play as you have seen all year, and I'm telling you, folks, they got this backcourt over there with the Kent State Golden Flashes of Terry and Jacobs. They get 7.3 and 13 points per game, right? They shoot the ball, you know, know, decent from the floor, but they're tough. They're tough players, and I think that's an experienced team uh, when you talk about uh, uh, Terry you talk about Jacobs, uh, what are you talking about? You're talking about seniors. And that's going to be a problem. So that is one off the bat. Number two, let's go to the 5-12 games, okay? I think St. Mary's, when they saw the bracket, they were 5 they're like, oh, this is great. And then they saw VCU and they said, oh, crap. That is not the team that they want to play. Because of, if you remember the old Shaka Smart BCU Rams when they made that run to the Final Four, I guess it was that 2011, they had what they called havoc, which is a, a, a almost a way of people think it's like it's running gun. No, it's defensive controlled chaos. And sometimes they don't get you to turn the ball over, but they get you to play at a speed a little bit that's uncomfortable for you. And what did St. Mary show in their two losses? to Gonzaga. Teams that push the pace give them problems. That's why when they played a team like Houston, they did not get blown out because Houston doesn't run the ball up the floor. BCU is dynamite defensively, one of the top 20 teams defensively in the country. They get a lot of steals. They get in the passing lane. They get out of transition. I think BCU will pick off St. Mary's in the 12-5 game. There was one more that I had um, an upset. I have, And I love this. 
I love Charleston over San Diego State. Wow. I love Charleston. I love Charleston. I watched it be me being, you know, coach at Monmouth University for, for the women for, for four years as a top assistant and then went to the CAA. I started to watch Charleston a lot more last year and this year as obviously the Monmouth men and me knowing King Rice, seeing them go into the CAA. I watched Charleston. Let me tell you something. If you have not watched Charleston, 31-3, and three, you are in for an absolute treat. This team could play all different ways. They could score, and they could score in bunches. And they are a team that I would say uh, is almost about the sum of their parts, meaning it's, it's more about all the guys that they have on the team. Nobody scores more than 12.3 points per game. Okay? Just like FAU. But they have, but it's like FAU. But six of them score between 9 and 12.3. So they can hit you in all different ways, and they score about 81 points per game. Brian just has done a great job uh, at San Diego State, but he's tried to speed his team up a little bit. I think it's going to backfire. Give me Charleston in the upset. Before you go, we're having, talking to James Young, Sports Grids, Basketball Analysis. Go on his. Uh, just give me your Twitter and everything and all, all the stuff so people can follow this and our, our tweet to you, to you questions. Um, what's the best social media to get a hold of you? Yeah, probably uh, Twitter. It's Coach Young NJ. Like, I'm from New Jersey, so Coach Young NJ. And tweet at me, send me questions, DM me. You know, I always try to answer what I can um, and try to give you – a little bit of a different take for me being in, in, um, in the coaching realm. Yes, I look at spreads and odds, but I also look at style of play and, and, and other um, metrics that we use as coaches. We use something called synergy where I literally, when I watch teams, I break down tape like I'm a coach, and that's why I use it for gambling analysis. <laughs> so as our go-out, because we have for good, we're up against our hour, but just give me your final four. I got Alabama beating Creighton in the South. I got Kentucky over Duke in the East, UConn over TCU in the West. I think UConn takes out Kansas because I don't like Kansas' guard play. And I have Texas over Houston. I don't trust Marcus Sasser right now. The injury with the groin. Texas beats Alabama to win the national championship. So Rodney Terry kind of becomes like the Steve Fisher of 2023. Texas versus Alabama, two SEC. Well, Texas will be an SEC school in two years, so our year, yeah. actually. So that would be exciting. Oh, my gosh. James, I'm out of breath. This is awesome. Thank you so much. I'd love to have you back maybe in a week or two so you can break down getting ready to the Final Four. But I really appreciate you coming on IRN Sports and, and doing this. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ira. Anytime you want, brother, I will love to come back.